Okay, guys, I know y'all tuned into another episode today of Hot Takes with TP3. Before we get things started, um, we got a quick word from our sponsors. The first sponsor of today's episode is Prize Picks. I don't know if y'all are familiar or not with Prize Picks platform and how it works. If you download the app and you use promo code TP3BETS, you will receive a 100% instant match deposit of up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get $100 back. Let's say you deposit $50, you get $50 back, and so on and so forth. Um, how it works, guys, you pick two to six players, and if they'll go over or under their projections, more or less, um, you get up to 25% or 25 times your money on that. Let's say tonight you want to pick Luka Doncic to go over 28.5 points, LeBron over 7.5 rebounds, Dalvin Cook over 86.5 rush yards, and let's say you want to go with Jameis Winston under 205 pass yards, something or other like that, guys. It offers a ton of sports. That means you can have NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football. The list goes on, on, and on. They even have tennis, NASCAR, Anything you could possibly want, it is on there. I promise, guys. Prize Picks is available in your state. Download the app to check and make sure it's in your state. Once again, use code TP3BETS. It takes about 60 seconds to pick everything and deposit. It's easy withdraw, easy deposit. Once again, use code TP3BETS if you want to sign up for Prize Picks. Okay, guys, second sponsor of the show we have is SoBet. That's SoBet.io. The link is in my bio on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at TP3Bets. But y'all don't even know what SoBet is yet, man. It is the best value in sports betting. There's over 38 other handicappers on there like myself. It's $10 a month, and you get all those bets. Let's say you don't want to tail me. You can tail somebody else on the website. Everybody over there is winning. Everyone's putting in great work. You get every single bet explained like me and Ben break down for you guys on these podcasts. Might as well go ahead and do it for only $10 a month. Might as well sign up, try a month, say you don't like it. It's all good, guys. But yeah, so bet. Go over there, get at them. One. How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penling, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, on Tuesday, August 29th, 2023. I am joined by none other than Ben Gorwitz. Ben, say what's up to the people. Happy to be here. Ben, glad to have you on here, man. Um, this is our final season pre- – or this is our final con- or divisional preview for NFL season-long preview. All we have left is the full season preview, which will be out next Tuesday. We got our uh, week one picks. We got to bounce back. I don't think me and Ben hit a bet last weekend, so we got to bounce back from that. It was a bloody one for sure. We will get right for you guys, though. You know we're going to come correct on Thursday. Ben, with no further ado, man, let's get into it. We'll start things off here in the NFC West, where we have probably two of the best teams in the NFC and two of the worst teams in all of football. We'll start teams out thing out here with the dumpster fire. They are the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals bring in a new head coach, Jonathan Gannon. They have the second cheapest defense in the NFL, and they play the 11th hardest schedule. They signed Kazir White. That was their only signing. And then they drafted Paris Johnson, B.J. Ojolari, and Clayton Toon, or a few of the uh, – Big names from the class. They also traded back in the draft and were able to acquire the Texans' other pick. This team, though, has officially gone in all tanking as they let Zach Allen, J.J. Watt, Byron Murphy, Isaiah Simmons, Marcus Golden, Josh Jones all go. They traded Simmons and Joe J- Jones just recently and acquired Joshua Dobbs. He looks like he's going to be their starting quarterback between him and Clayton Toon. Ben, let's, let's not waste the people's time here. Anything you want to say about this team? Wait, they had a guy named Zach Allen? Yes, yeah, no, Zach Allen, not Gallon. <laughs> oh, I was like, are you thinking of the right sport? Because he does play in Arizona. Um, yeah, no. But no, listen, 
the only thing I'm curious about with this team is, do you remember the contract that uh, the coach got? Um, like, no, well, I don't remember. I'm assuming five. Four, I'm assuming five years. Maybe. Um, the reason why I bring that up is because this roster is going to take multiple years just to turn this thing around. Mm-hmm. I'm fully expecting the Cardinals to have the number one pick, if not a top five pick for the next two to three years, at least two years minimum. And I think three. Um, so my question is, does he get a fair kind of shake at this? Like win and, win and loss record. Or the head coach when the roster looks like this. Yeah. Um, I can't lie, Ben. Um, I think that, I think this team will be a little bit better next year. Or actually, I take it back. I think they should be a lot better next year because they're going to have one of the top draft picks. They're probably going to trade Kyler Murray. They're probably going to go draft Caleb Williams. They have another high draft pick. I think they'll be able to turn things around quick because of all the draft capital that they have acquired. But I think that probably year three is the year when he'll start to be more judged. Yeah, I don't know if Caleb Williams can come in and do much. I. I can't name any receivers he's going to be throwing to. Obviously, they'll draft some, but Hollywood Brown. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> this team's a wreck from at every single position. Yeah, I really don't have much to add on this team. If I'm being and honest, are, they're like a mess in the front office. Did they like extended their general manager? Then now he's gone, like two years after the extension or something like that. Like, yep. I don't think they have any. Direct, I think there's good. Take. Let's get Caleb Williams and then we'll figure it out. But I don't think they really have a plan other than let's be the worst team in football. Yeah, their win total actually went from four and a half down to three and a half today. Man, I knew I should have took it when it was at four and a half. Colt McCoy moves the needle. (laughs) I mean, good for him at this. Yeah, at this point in time, I think that they basically just sent the message, man, that this is that this season is just so much in tank mode that they just don't even care anymore, you know? So. They don't care. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. They don't care. We don't care either. Um, anyway, let's talk about the next team here. We're not going to waste much time on them. Let's talk about the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams obviously won the Super Bowl two years ago. We saw everything fall apart last year. I hate to break it to you guys, but it ain't getting much better this year. Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup are all still here, but there's a huge drop off after that. They signed 14 new pl- or they drafted 14 new players. Obviously, they didn't have high draft picks from all the capital that they had to trade to Detroit in order to acquire Matthew Stafford. Their only signing was a no name center in the offseason because they're currently paying 43% of their cap salary cap to players that are not on the roster anymore. They lost Bobby Wagner, Taylor Rapp, Ashawn Robinson, Baker Mayfield, Nick Scott, Greg Gaines. Also, not to mention Allen Robinson, who didn't do a damn thing the entire time he was here. Um, Ramsey, also, too, right? Yeah, Jalen Ramsey was traded away. The list just goes on, on, and on, and on of players that they lost. Um, there's probably many more players that we didn't even name. Ben, they spent the least amount of money of any team in the entire NFL on free agents. The only reason why I wouldn't say this team might be worse than the Arizona Cardinals is because they still have Sean McVay there, and he stuck around for a reason. They did have the worst injury luck in the NFL last year, and their offensive line had the most adjust games lost in NFL history. Um, they did not beat a single team with a winning record last year, and they play the 18th hardest schedule this upcoming season. Ultimately, when I look at this Rams team, I think with Sean McVay that they'll be able to beat some of these really bad teams. Like They'll probably sweep the Cardinals. 
They'll probably win some other games that they shouldn't. But at the end of the day, I think this team's probably like a six-win football team. What do you do with Cooper Cup in fantasy? If you're floating around 5 through 10 or 5 through 12, whatever your league is, are you, you taking them? See a first-round pick still coming off an injury? Yeah, I mean, I still have an elite seven players, and after that, there's a lot of players you can swap in and out. I'll still take Cooper Cup, though, with all the things he can do. I mean, even last year when they weren't really being able to throw down the field much, they were still throwing him tons of screen passes. He was getting like 10 catches a game. Yeah. Um, Belichick said that he didn't specifically call it the Rams, but he did. Well, I guess he kind of did. He said the Rams and the Bucks. He said when you sell out for a championship and you win it, or he didn't say when you sell out for a championship. He said when you pay – all of these players, big, big money. It's hard to keep them long-term. Mm-hmm. And he said the Bucks and the Rams are feeling the effects, the other side of that right now. Well, both teams won the Super Bowl, so you can say that it worked out just fine for them. Um, but yeah, looks pretty cool. I, th- I think whoever the backup quarterback is for this team, whether it's uh, Stetson Bennett or I don't even know if they still have John Wolford. Um Whoever their backup quarterback is, I think gets a decent amount of playing time this year. I think Stafford um is is injured. I mean, he's got like a chronic elbow problem. It's like uh who's it's like Trout. Yeah. Trout is not just a back injury. Trout is a back injury that he unfortunately is going to deal with for the rest of his life, or at least until he stops playing a professional sport. Stafford is going to feel elbow pain probably after every single game. And it's just how long can he can he do it for how long is he going to want to take hits uh, when his team's losing games? Um, I think it's going to be a dumpster fire for the Rams. I, and I don't know how much longer Aaron Donald and Sean McVay are going to be there. I, I I don't think Aaron Donald is signing another contract. I think he's got one more year after this one, but I'm not positive on that. I think McVay is ready to call it quits when Stafford loses. I don't think the future is very bright in L.A., but they won the championship. Yeah, I would. Let's put it this way: I would be in the. I would trade anything to be in the same situation as them in the Bucks for one Super Bowl. So that makes you feel any better. Anyway, let's keep it moving here in this division. Enough talk about your two mic is off teams. of your off your mouth a little bit. So is is it? That's back good. Now? Okay, That's good. we're good now. Um, sorry about that, guys. But anyway, let's talk about um teams that are actually worth talking about here in the division. We'll start things out with the with the conference champions or the division champions, that'd be the San Francisco 49ers, San Francisco 49ers. Obviously Brock Purdy will be back and ready to play. They signed Javon Hargrave to Sean Gibson, Sam Darnold, and some other lesser players in the trenches. Um, Their draft, pretty much nothing notable to report because they traded most of their picks for Trey Lance and Christian McCaffrey. They lose Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mike McGlinchey, Samson and Biakam, Emmanuel Mosey, Al Shire, and Jimmy Ward. Um, they play the fifth hardest hardest schedule in the NFL. Ben, what do you think about them? Or sorry, fifth easiest schedule in the NFL. What do you think about them? Fifth easiest schedule? Yeah, fifth easiest. It's it's a loaded roster. If you hear my dog, he just barked. Um, it's a loaded roster, but I do think they lost some key pieces in the secondary. I like Mosley as a player. Jimmy Ward was there for a couple years. Um it's still loaded roster. It really just comes down to 13. What can Brock Purdy give them? Because if he's anything like he was last year, they're a great team, Super Bowl contender, one of the Super Bowl favorites. If he's anything less than that, they need some help. Because if he has elbow problems, you're you're relying on Sam Darnold. And as great of a coach as Sean McVay, uh, not Sean McVay, 
who is a great coach. As great as the coach as Kyle Shanahan is, he has weaknesses as a head coach. It's very rare that his teams have it all, and they're all clicking on week to week, right? So he's got a lot of offensive guys to throw the ball to, run the ball to. He's a great offensive mind calling plays. As a last year, team isn't as good. I know that that's an obvious statement, but they were great last year because Brock Purdy was so efficient and he didn't turn mm-hmm. the ball over. It's not fair to rely on Mr. Irrelevant to be amazing every single season or else this guy is just going to be a Hall of Famer. And I don't think he's – I don't think you look at Brock Purdy and say he's a Hall of Famer, right? So I don't know what you're getting out of Brock Purdy. I, I think he can be inconsistent in years to come. I don't think he's going to be like he was last year where he, like, didn't lose a game where he started and finished a game. Well, you know, the knock on Brock Purdy when he was in college, you know, was that he's a really good quarterback. He can make plays. He just kind of, you know, lacks the confidence and the consistency. And I think pairing it with Kyle Shanahan gave him all that. And Kyle Shanahan was able to build him into the player he needed. You hit the nail on the head, though, Ben. They were the under Brock It does help with Debo Ayuk. Yeah. Uh, McCaffrey. (laughs) George Kittle. I mean, we can sit here. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's. Unreal. But I mean, under Purdy, they were the most efficient offense in the NFL last season once he was the starting quarterback. They're also third in rushing efficiency once they got Christian McCaffrey. I mean, this team's absolutely loaded on offense. You have too many playmakers. I will say, I like the defense, but they definitely lack some depth. Obviously, they lost their defensive coordinators. D'Amico Ryans goes over to Houston. Steve Wilkes comes in here. Um, he's kind of the flip side, though, as what the Ryans was. Ryans actually blitzed the 32nd most in the NFL. But he loves to blitz on the flip side of things here with Wilkes as he was fifth most at blitzing in the NFL last year. They need to get a little bit help at the cornerback position for Jimmy Ward. Ultimately, though, the real question is, will they pay Joey Bosa? Will they not? Because these linebackers are insane. Yeah, that's what I meant. Nick Bosa. Sorry. Will they pay him? And these linebackers, though, they have on defense are insane. Like, I think Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw are the biggest cheat codes because these guys are so fast. So there's there are animals in the pass game. And then on top of that, they come up and they hit in the run game too. You can't run on them just for them being undersized and being fast. These guys make plays all over the field. And I think they're truly the uh, guys that dominate, but ultimately it's team stacked. He might hold out if he doesn't get it. He's not, he's not sitting out. Is he? Bosa? No, I think he's going to play. Okay. I think he may have bluffed. And if he doesn't have a deal, he may he may consider sitting out. It's like, dude, you're not sitting out. Yeah, he's not Jonathan Taylor. So it'll be interesting to see how things play out in San Francisco. It's hopefully going to be another good year for them. Hopefully this time they can get over the hump. Last team here in the NFC West that we have to talk about is the Seattle Seahawks. Obviously, the Seahawks made the playoffs and got smoked by the 49ers in that, play, in that uh, wild card round. Uh, they made huge moves on defense. They add Devin Bush from the Steelers, Jaron Reed, Julian Love, Bobby Wagner is back, and they got Draymond Jones down on the inside. They really didn't lose any big-name players from last season's roster. And they draft uh, Devin Witherspoon with the fifth overall pick. They bring in Jackson Smith and Jigba, Derek Hall, Zach Charbonnet, and a bunch of honestly pretty solid defenders. I'll start out here with this team, Ben. They ran one of the better offenses in the NFL, and they actually ran the football in the top five in the NFL last season. And they play a much harder schedule of defense defenses this season, but they still play the 23rd hardest schedule overall in the NFL. Look, I know the defensive numbers for the Seattle defense were god-awful last year, but I actually think Seattle's building something here. Seattle cashed in Russell Wilson and basically rebuilt their entire team with getting players and draft capital back from Denver. They've had two years of draft capital, 
and bunch of um, you know, like veteran players that they've put on this defense. I think this defense is actually gonna be really good, and it's gonna be time for these young guys to step up. Tariq Woolen proved that with all his potential that he can be an elite corner in the NFL, and I think he's gonna make another jump here in his second year. This team stacked up and loaded their defense. Pete Carroll's a great coach. Geno Smith has all the players around him in the world you could surround him with. Realistically, Ben, I think the one question mark here for this team is can Geno Smith do it again here in year two or was last year just a flash in the pan? What do you think? It's a great question. Um, you know, I don't know if he'll be consistent uh, because he has been so inconsistent throughout his uh, career when he was getting up more opportunities. Jackson Smith and Jigba is a guy that has dealt with a lot of injuries dating back to college, and he's already injured right now. Now, he's an impact player if he's there. If he's not there, I don't. I think the offense is still pretty good. I, I like their uh, running backs that they can stay healthy. I love DK and Lockett as a duo. Adding Jackson Smith and Jigba to that when he does play is going to be incredible. I love their corners. I, I think in a couple of years – you're going to look at their – and I say a couple years just to give the rookie a little bit of time. But I think in a, in a in the short window, I think they're going to have the best secondary in football. And you mix that with the best home field advantage in football, a really good team that plays really well at home, and you have a formula. Now, I think they're very talented, but I think the 49ers are still headed – He's going to have the Seattle Seahawks finishing second, but I do think they're going to be good, and I do think they're going to be a playoff team. Yeah, um, I got the Seahawks in the playoffs as well. I think that it's time that we need to rank them one through four here. Um, coming in at fourth, I think we both have – first of all, do the Arizona Cardinals go 0-17 here? No, I don't think so. Um, I think they do, TBH. You can – I don't know. I feel like there's a bet out there for a team to go over in 17. I think I, well, we might need to check out the odds. I bet you that's gotten slammed down. because I mean, this might be the worst team in NFL history. We've already spent too much time talking about them, though. Uh, number two, number uh, three, who you got coming in that, that spot? Rams. Rams as well. Who you have finishing second? This is where we're going to different, uh, different, uh, differentiate. Um, Seattle. I'm going with the 49ers here. And then who do you have? So winning, you have San Francisco? Or San Francisco, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Seattle to win here. I'm just a little worried about San Francisco. I could see the if the injury bug catches them, I just feel like the roster's a little thin after their stud players. So we'll see. Hopefully it doesn't come down to Sam Darnold playing quarterback for them at some point this season. Anyway, though, Ben, let's move over here now to the AFC West, where we have the reigning Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. They currently play the fifth hardest schedule in the NFL this upcoming season. They signed Jawan Taylor at left tackle to replace Orlando Brown, who dipped out to Cleveland. They have Charles Aminahe, or Aminahue as well. Donovan Smith, who might have been the steal of all of free agency, and Richie James as their signings. They lost, like I said, Orlando Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Juan Thornhill, Mecole Hardman, and Frank Clark. But they draft the uh, – I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, but the big defensive end from Kansas State, Rasheed Rice, and a lot of other solid players. Also, Eric Bieniemy is out. Matt Nagy is in at offensive coordinator here. Ben, what do you think about Kansas City this upcoming year? So Nagy was the quarterback's coach. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously he was probably a decent, a decently big part in the offensive meetings with Bieniemy and Andy 
ways is Andy Reid. He's known for offense, and you got Patrick Mahomes. So I don't know if changing of the guard and offensive coordinator is the biggest deal for for this specific team when you have fifteen at quarterback. Um, I mean, obviously they're going to be really good. Obviously they're among the top two, top three AFC teams year in and year out. Kelsey and Mahomes. The weirdest thing is like this receiving core is like not good, right? Now I think reasonably, realistically, Sky Moore should take a jump. His reception should go up. Uh, his numbers should go up. Um, you know, assuming Mahomes is has a little bit more trusted him, trusted him this year. But the receiving core is not good. The running backs, you barely know their names. Obviously, you do now, but before no one knew who Pacheco was. Barely people knew people knew McKinnon because he was a scat back in Washington. He was getting cut everywhere. So running backs So it's weird to evaluate this team because you look at them and they're like, they're they're nowhere near the most talented team in the NFL. Like I, I'm not sure they're in the top five of talent, but they have one of the best coaches. They have the best quarterback. They have the best tight end. They have a great offensive line. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. So they're going to be great. The How much do they care in the regular season is the question, right? I think if they start hot, I think they go for records. If they start out okay, then they're like, we're just going to be a good regular season team and, and be great in the playoffs. But like, when you look at talent-wise in this team, do you think that they're like this supremely talented team? Yeah, honestly, I do, Ben. So Okay, so we're I think he, there. Yeah, so I actually have a crazy take here about Kansas City. So I think Kansas City saw the fact that everybody had kind of adjusted and started playing those two safeties high to prevent the big-time pass plays down the field. And so I think that once everybody started doing that, they realized that Tyreek Hill, while he's a really good player, he's not as valuable to them as he used to be, and they didn't want to pay him the big contract. Therefore, they traded him to Miami, cashed him in for a ton of assets, and now all of a sudden, Kansas City has so many assets across the field. And if you look at them now, they still figured out how to run an offense perfectly fine and adjust to everything, and that's what they did with all these receivers. I think Rasheed Rice or Sky Moore is poised to take the leap this next year. And I think I think like cashing in really paid off. Kansas City shifted with the LS to the NFL, and Andy Reid stayed out front. I think the biggest thing, though, here is what happens with Christian Jones. Christian Jones was arguably the best defensive tackle in all of the NFL last year, arguably a top-five defensive player, top-three defensive player in the league with his performance. Are they going to pay him? Is he going to come out here and play? I think that's the biggest question mark, Ben, that determines everything for Kansas City this next season. Obviously, health as well. Mahomes dealt with a little bit of injuries last year. Didn't mm -hmm. matter for him because they won the Super Bowl, but – yeah. They can't afford to have many wide receivers go. Or even just. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, regardless, I think Mahone's got everything he needs here to succeed. And I think that they're going to have a great year once again in Kansas City. Um, let's skip around here a little bit. Let's talk about the is Raiders. Matt Nagy, real quick, is Matt Nagy almost like in a Nick Saban re, uh, rehab program? Like, does he get another job at an offensive coordinator? Head coach, I mean, he is an offensive coordinator now, so he's kind of sitting pretty, to be honest with you. I think he's going to have to go the BNME route where he leaves. I think that Matt Nagy really hurt Andy Reid's rep or like the coaching tree rep from Andy Reid by going to Chicago and sucking with him coming from there. I think he's going to have to coach well in Kansas City, then get hired by another staff to come be an offensive coordinator. Then I think he's going to have to come in there and thrive before he gets another chance.
There are worse. Ge- there are there are some head coaching jobs I would consider worse than being the offensive coordinator for Pat Mahomes. Yeah, like being the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, who we've talked about way too many times today, or Raiders. <laughs> yeah, or the Raiders. Speaking of the Raiders, Ben gave us the perfect Colts. Yeah, exactly. But speaking of the Raiders, Ben, you gave us the perfect segue to talk about the Raiders here. The Raiders currently play the second hardest schedule in the NFL this season. They signed Jimmy Garoppolo. They have Jacoby Myers brought in as well. Austin Hooper and some lesser offensive defensive linemen guys. They had a decent draft, actually. They draft Tyree Wilson with a seventh overall pick. Michael Mayer, tight end from Notre Dame. Byron Young and quarterback Aiden O'Connell. They lose Rakia Sin, Denzel Perryman, Mac Hollins, and a couple other lesser named guys. But the Raiders were four and nine last year in one score games, which makes you think they're due some positive regression. And when I look at this offense, they have some weapons low key. You still have Devontae Adams. You still have Josh Jacobs and you still have Hunter Renfro. You add to that. You add to the mix, Michael Mayer. You add to the mix, Jacoby Myers. This is not a bad offensive look at all. The thing is, though. This offensive line is not great, and when you look at Jimmy G's numbers, Jimmy G, when he has a clean pocket, is great. He is terrible at running around, and now he's coming back off basically a surgically repaired ankle. I think that's cause for concern with them, and also, too, their defense took a step back. They went from like top 15 in rushing the passer all the way back to 27th. Tyree Wilson's going to help a little bit with that, but I see a lot of lacking in the secondary and linebacking core. I think this is a major rebuilding process, and I think the Raiders are going to probably have a terrible season considering the sack. They play the second hardest schedule in the NFL. Yeah, I don't think Devontae Adams is a Raider at the end of the season either. Same. Um, This isn't what he came in for. He came in to play with his college quarterback, to win games, to compete. Personally, I think their head coach is an awful head coach. Um, I recently heard on a podcast about some former – who was it? Some former player – just saying that he is has no idea like how to lead. Um, he comes in and he's like the do your job, the the Belichick mantra. He goes, like, that doesn't work here, buddy. Like, didn't work in Detroit when Patricia tried it. Like he has a lot of respect. He honestly doesn't win a lot of games. We know that their owner is not a very patient guy. Um, I think he can get ugly in Vegas. I think Devontae Adams is not there after uh or the whole season i think mcdaniels doesn't have much time left on his coaching time or coaching uh contract there i think it's ugly in vegas i i four between four and six wins i think i think it's gonna be pretty ugly i agree with that let me ask you this real quick over under five starts for no over under four and a half starts for aiden o'connell this season It's a great question because he looked damn good in the preseason. I would take the under. So I, the only thing, the only reason I would take the over would be obviously an injury, and I can't predict an injury, even though Jimmy G gets injured every other season. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't think there's like unless you really want to give him a chance as a franchise quarterback. Like, what's the benefit of playing him? You know. Yeah, I need to look at the Raiders' schedule more. Having it doesn't gonna... really mean anything to me. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, I need to look in the Raiders schedule a little bit more to see if it's like really heavily top loaded. Cause like if they could start out the season like one and six, one and seven, you know, they could trade yeah. Devontae Adams, trade Josh Jacobs, you know, and then just go ahead and turn the team over, like you said, and see what they have in him. So I wouldn't I actually need to do a little more research into that. But I think O'Connell's plays at least two two to three games this season for sure. Definitely wouldn't shock us. 
Yeah, would not be shocking at all. Let's talk about a team who made the playoffs last year and had the gr- and finally DC'd the Falcons as the greatest blown lead in NFL history. Let's talk about the, the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers play the sixth Your hardest team. schedule. Yeah, my team. They play the sixth hardest schedule in the NFL this year. They signed uh-huh. Eric Kendricks to come in at linebacker and a couple other small players. Quentin Johnston drafted over from TCU along with what feels like the entire TCU team. Um, they lost Drew, uh, Drew Tranquil, Kyle Vinoy, and Bryce Callahan. Kellen Moore comes in to replace Joe Lombardi, at offensive today. coordinator. Oh, yeah, they did cut J- Max Duggan today. Um, ben, what do you think about this Chargers team? Chargers have room on the bandwagon this year. Am I allowed to join you? Hop on, buddy. I think this is the year that Herbert takes a takes a huge leap. I, I really do. Uh, I think their receiving core is unbelievable. Eckler, they got stuff figured out with him. That was a weird thing. He was holding out, and then he only got like a million dollars more in incentives. But for now, they have Eckler for another season. They have the great receiving core. I think Herbert takes a huge step this season. Um, I think he I, – I actually have a future in place for him to lead the league in passing yards this year. Uh, which I think he's been close. I'm not sure if he's done it. He might have done it once, but I think he's been two or three in a couple of those years. I think he takes a huge step. Um, finally, their coach has a has a little bit of experience in, in trying to figure out how to be an NFL coach. He should be better with time management, but who knows? With this. They have a coach that has known how to call a timeout or uh, throw a challenge flag in a couple of years. So I, I think the Chargers have an excellent season. I think they push the Chiefs to win this division. Um, I do think they make the playoffs once again. I think they can do some serious damage in the playoffs. I really do. I, I, I think Bosa fully healthy once again is a huge factor. Yeah, uh, Derwin James is, has a fully uh, healthy offseason. I think that's a major key. Um, shout out DJ Khaled. Uh, and I think they take a huge step this year. I am finally ready um, to join the bandwagon. I'm not going to join it just yet. As far as I'm concerned, he is still a social media quarterback, but I do think he takes a massive step this year and uh, cuts down on some turnovers. I think he does lead the league in passing yards, and I think they have an offense that is going to be a nightmare for secondaries to try to uh, keep up with on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, Ben, I think Herbert's going to be able to throw the ball downfield a lot more, which is the big criticism in the Joe Lombardi offense, was that they threw short a lot. And two years ago, they had a lot of conversion rate, high conversion rate on third down. This last year, they had a little bit of regression from that, but I think they're going to be in a much better offense for throwing the ball down the field like we've seen Kellen Moore do with Dak Prescott. Now Kellen Moore's working with someone who's 20 times better than that. Herbert has an insane amount of weapons across the field, and let's be honest, this is a Chargers team that can't keep their players healthy. We see, we saw a point where he was throwing to D. Andre Carter and Josh Palmer were his number one and two receivers. Um, I think Herbert's going to see a lot. I mean, if if the injury, if the, their trainers don't actually just suck, and this has just been injury bad luck, some injury luck's got to turn around for the Chargers. I think they're loaded on both sides of the ball. I really think the Kellen Moore higher though is a huge upgrade, but. It's time for Brandon Staley to prove his worth. I mean, he's supposed to be some sort of defensive genius, and this team has been terrible on defense under him. I think that, I mean, he has Khalil freaking Mack and Joey Bosa. Like, he should be able to do something with just those two guys alone along with all the other guys that you named, Ben. I think it's time for this defense to take the next step and, and Staley to prove to us why he's an NFL head coach. I like the Bolts a lot this season, and Ben will always welcome you on the Chargers bandwagon. Last team to t- – what were we going to say? 
Nope, I had nothing. Okay, nothing. Um, last team to talk about in this division, though, is the Denver Broncos. The Sean Payton era has begun. Is Nathaniel Hackett possibly the worst coach in NFL history? Is out. They play the tenth hardest schedule in the NFL. They signed Mike McGlinchey, who's already hurt. Zach Allen. Ben Powers, who they gave a ton of money to as well on the offensive line, Kareem Jackson, uh, Samaje Pirine, and Jarrett Stidham. Oh, and Frank Clark as well. They draft Marvin Mims and Drew Sanders as they have no draft picks from the uh, trade of Russell for Russell Wilson. They lost Draymond Jones, though. They lost um, Billy Turner and Cameron Fleming from the offensive line. So I'll start out with this one. Um, they had lots of injuries last year and had 10 different guys start on the offensive line. They signed a ton of new pass rushers, but think about this, Ben. Over the years, they've lost so much on the pass rush. They don't have Vaughn Miller. They don't have Draymond Jones anymore. They don't have Bradley Chubb anymore, who they traded midseason last year. They have lost a ton. They lost five games by three or fewer points last year, but let's talk about about the uh, about how what really made this team struggle. It was not the defense. This defense was damn good last year. It was Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson played terrible last year. He could not throw the ball down the field. He could not get his receivers involved. I mean, Jerry Judy at this point, Ben, I'm sorry. I know that's your Alabama boy. He's starting to look like a bust. He's hurt again. But Russell Wilson still has weapons in this offense. Like I said, they drafted Marvin Mims. You still have Cortland Sutton. You still have K.J. Hamler. Like, you have plenty of guys to get the ball to. You have plenty of running backs with Javante Williams and P. Ryan as well. I mean, he's not playing with chopped liver over here. I think it's time to see what Russell Wilson can actually do and if he can improve upon what happened last year. Apparently, they said that, like, hit the guy who was, like, his big motivator and, like, his big, like, coach that helped him with everything passed away, so they think that had part of it what to do with it, but I think Sean Payton is definitely going to make this team better, but ultimately, I think Russ is cooked. You know the You know how many Saints... Say that again. Do you know how many wins Sean Payton got as his first year head coach with the Saints? Um, I do not know that. Thirteen wins. Wow. It's not unfamiliar territory for him to take over a new roster from a bad team that does have talent and to try to turn them around. I don't think he's gonna have the same luck because whatever you think the Chargers have bad luck with the uh injury reports. Nobody has that like the Broncos. I mean, Tim Patrick's already out for the season. KJ Hamler has uh, battled injuries. Like you mentioned, Jerry Judy can't stay healthy. Running backs, you just can't rely on your your uh, top two running backs in an NFL roster to be healthy throughout the season. Russell Wilson has dealt with, was it thumb injuries in the past? Yeah. I just think there's too much happening with this team for him to turn it around and, make, and turn this team into a playoff team in year one. But I, I agree with these should be very good once again. They already have one of the best corners in the NFL and Pat Sertain. They have a great pass rush. Uh, I just don't see it with this Broncos team, to be honest with you. I don't. I think they're going to struggle once again. I don't believe in Russ, but I do believe in him a little bit more than you do. I don't think he's completely washed, um, but I think he's heading in that in that direction without a doubt. Oh, the other point I wanted to make on Russell Wilson, too, I forgot to make, is if you look at it, Ben, once that these teams started to play two high safeties is really when his regression has started. And if you think back about Russell Wilson's career more, Russell Wilson, even numbers-wise, he was one of the best big play quarterbacks in the league. And I saw Ben also made it be the motion he used to be able to run. He did used to be able to run way better and get outside the pocket. He was great outside the pocket. He really was. And he would use those legs to make that big-time throw down the field. I think when these teams have started taking away these big throws that it's really hurt him, because, I mean, 
when you're a shorter quarterback like that, throwing these timing routes in the middle of the field, that's where we saw him struggle was kind of throwing those passes. He can still hit the deep ball. He can't throw those short passes. Did look like, though, in the preseason that Sean Payton wanted him to get out and run a little bit more, which is a good sign for Wilson. But ultimately, I'm pretty against this Broncos team. The schedule is insanely hard for them, and they're just not the, talented enough. Who are the running backs on the roster? They've uh, Javante Williams and who else? Samaj P. Ryan from, the, uh, from Cincinnati. Those are the only notable names. Yeah, I don't know who their third string is. I can't it's remember. Not, it's not good enough to help Russ out at this point. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely not what Russell Wilson needs. Ben, at this point in time, man, we got to rank them one through four here. Who you got coming in last place in this division? Why am I blanking on the team's name? Um, no, let me also I'll go. The Raiders. <laughs> yeah, the Raiders. <laughs> I knew <laughs> that's exactly what you're thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I assume I assume we're on the same page here with the Broncos finishing at third. We are. You got them making the playoffs. The Broncos? No. Yeah, I don't either. The AFC is way too was way too stacked. Um, coming in as second, Ben, I have the Chargers. As much as I'm a Chargers guy, I'm not putting them over the Chiefs. What about you? No, so no, so I mean I've said it before. I have the division winners parlay of Jaguars, Vikings, 49ers, and Chiefs. So I. Uh, Chargers are in second for me. Yeah, good call right there, Ben. For me, and then uh, our fourth place team that we both have, or sorry, our first place team we both have, Kansas City Chiefs, man. Don't overthink it. Yeah, and you know what's going to be interesting? So obviously the Chiefs come in every season with, um, you know, they they want that one seed, the home field advantage, because Arrowhead is insane. With Burrow being out a couple weeks, or I think he's out a couple weeks, that should give the Bills and Chiefs a little bit of a head start until you play the Bengals if if one of those teams or if both those teams play them this year. Um, so I'm interested to see if because Kansas City aren't they like notorious? Hasn't Mahomes like wh- what's the month that he's like never lost a game in or has only lost one game in? Isn't that the first month of the season? Um, I don't know. I think you might be right though. I forgot about that stat. I think there's some stat where Mahomes has like literally only lost like one game in that specific month. And I think it's the start of the season, but maybe we'll have, we'll look on that when we get, when we start to give out more picks or when we start to give out picks in the NFL, that's something to keep an eye on for people listening and for you and I, um, not that we're going to take chiefs money line. Cause that's going to be a ridiculous line, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I don't really bet on the chiefs too much the chiefs are usually to. too heavily favored and fading the they chiefs. need butker i do think harrison butker's health is is big for this team he's for a sure. tremendous kicker and he's battled a couple injuries this last couple of years we've seen their safety take a couple of kicks uh in one game uh something reed i think yeah yeah i do know Eric you're talking reed, about maybe yeah that was crazy what he was they kicking. need butker because having a valuable kicker we talked about it when we did the ravens like, yeah justin tucker pound for pounds were yeah 100 ben well guys that's all we have for today's podcast we will be back on thursday i think me and ben are both pissed off ready to get some money after what happened to us this last week we all we can do is bounce back guys but we will be back we they call week zero for a reason you're getting yeah exactly (laughs) exactly to be honest with you guys i think i've lost money week zero every single year for my career. So it's got to rethink my strategy for week zero, but we'll think about that next season. We're thinking about week one. Now, as always, we appreciate everyone who tuned in and we'll talk to you all on Thursday.